I mean, God, what were you saying, Donald? What are we doing? Are you recording? Oh, yeah, I have recorded. Why not? All right, let's, uh, let's get into this. All right, welcome everybody to Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I am here with Rob Donald, and today we have the birthday boy, Evan Wetzel. Happy birthday, buddy. Yes, Thank happy you. birthday, Evan. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Donald. So, uh, it's uh, Jackie Robinson Day, too. That's a big Robinson deal. We'll talk about that later. So, yeah, we're going to have our share of ranting, but it's also a day to uh, enjoy uh, the accomplishments of one Jackie Robinson. And uh, it's, it's it's amazing how far the uh, the sport has come from then, you know, since then. And uh, how diverse, and it, it's just amazing. But before we really get into any discussions, we have somebody in the waiting room um, to come and uh, hang out with us for Evan's birthday. Uh, he's been with us a few times. We always enjoy having him on. Oh, God. So, and it's not CJ. <laughs> Thank God. I don't want to see CJ. <laughs> yeah, and it's not Wick. <laughs> so, Scott, how's it going, buddy? Fantastic. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes. What's up, Scott? Hey, what's up? Um, <clears throat> you good? Nope, no audio. I heard him for a second. Yeah. We <laughs> lost him. So, Evan, do you have any plans for today after the show? Uh, Kathy bought me a cake. I got to go pick it up at the bakery. Uh, that's about it. That's my day. And then my bros are coming at 8 p.m. and we're going to get drunk. That's always <laughs> kind of cake. She didn't tell me. Oh, that's awesome. Mississippi mud pie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, if it's a Mississippi mud pie... I'm going to reimburse her for the fucking money because this is great. <laughs> I mean, I did give her a list of all the pies and cakes that I like. I mean, it's a list of like 30, so I don't think she could have screwed this up. No custard? Maybe some custard. <laughs> but um, well, She asked you what kind of cake you like, and you literally gave her a list of like 30? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, st- she actually... Went through with that? I think so. She's pretty cool. She's a keeper. Because if I got a list of 30, I'd be like, fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to separate it. There's a difference between cakes and pies. Like, you know, I had to give her, there's like 10 pies on my list. (laughs) I hope it's a Mississippi mud pie. I really really do. Warm apple pie. Yep. <laughs> well, we'll be discussing. <laughs> I'll <tomorrow. get> to... <laughs> Not funny. No. <laughs> Just ignore those idiots. Um. So, all right, we just little chit chatter before while Scott figures out his uh, we have a little technical issues for the morning. Pretty much like Boone's managing, you know, nothing's going right. (laughs) 
He is uh, anyone is a bumblefuck. It is uh, the man himself, Aaron Boone. Yeah. The boonblefuck. He is just I don't I just nothing's going right. You know, we can't hit, you know, our starters can't give us length. The bullpen had its first really tough game yesterday and wasn't even that bad. Um, it's just, I don't know. When everything goes wrong, when it rains, it pours. And that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Turn that corner. You know? uh, turn that corner. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, we got to get banging. I'm like, oh, is that the new one this year? We've had turn the page, we've had turn the corner, and now we're banging. Here we go. We're banging. Well, just get... <laughs> oh boy. What kind of a low bar does it take to be the Yankee manager these days? That's what I want to know. I mean, it has to be a pretty low bar. I mean, all he got a job was for being a, a, a very average color commentator for ESPN and hitting a whole money 18 years ago. Like he's Look, he was below average. Ball. Let's be honest. He was below he was not very good at that job. I hate Boone. He sucks. I, I never liked him either. I was being kind with average. <laughs> I never liked Boone should literally have a podcast that started because of the pandemic. Like, that's what his job should be right now. Yeah. He's, like, he's got no qualifications other than the fact he's a really nice guy. Oh, great. Can you hear me now? Yep. Well, you're good. There we go. I feel, I feel like there's always a problem on my end, like every single time. Every single Without time. fail. <laughs> Yeah, it's Tats' fault. God damn it, Tats. There you go. See, even I get the gift today. (laughs) My day is complete. So, Scott, what's been your take on the Yankees so far this season? Oh, my God. I'm. You wanted a vent, the floor is yours. (laughs) I. I... I is a miracle that I am not as bald as Bobby right now from ripping out my hair. I am absolutely losing my damn mind over this. And I am one of those people who overreacted on game one where I said, this is a problem. This has been a problem. And we're starting to see it again. Uh, It was very evident from day one. And it should have been evident um, during the offseason that we are essentially going to fight with the exact same team and the exact same strategy and nothing's changing. Now, I can understand I can understand that, believe it or not, because um, I do not think we are a bad team. I do not think I do not think Cashman is like a horrible GM and he's losing and I don't believe any of that stuff. We are a team that I I say is like just below the bubble is kind of like what I say. It's like we can't get over that last hump. So I understand it's it's very it's a very delicate process to have to figure out what is that small screw that needs to be changed? What is that one thing that needs to be replaced? Because what we're essentially doing is we're tuning the car. We don't need to buy a new car. We just need to tune the car just right. And I understand that that, that that's tricky. Um, and then game one of the whole season made, made it very, very obvious. Um, this is everything's just the same. And we're just hoping that it's just finally going to work this time. Um, and we're coming up with the same some of the same problems that we have last year of people just hacking for the fences with some weird new ones. We're hitting into a lot more ground balls. Yeah, um, we're heading to a lot more uh, double double plays, which yeah. is odd. So in some ways, it's like, OK, so are they changing their strategy? Because they are striking out less. At least it seems like they're striking out less. I could be wrong with that. Um, but they have more... strikeouts than all the double plays, to be honest, because don't we have more double plays than home runs at this point? 
Yep. Yeah, and that, like, we have like was it sixteen double plays or something like that? Yeah, it's insane. It's so bad. So, so part part of me is wondering. Okay, so did something in the hitting strategy change because now we're putting the ball in play more? That's kind of what we've all been hoping for. But timing is important. And placement is important. It's like we're having very poor. Again, it goes down to we suck at situational hitting. It's just now the situation that we suck in has changed. In yeah. in, in some way. With yeah, this team, I don't think it's Cashman's fault for the team he constructed. I, I agree. I agree. I think it's the 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 way that Boone is managing in the game. I I think he's he's not pushing these players the way that they need to be pushed. You know, I made the joke the other day that he's like a statue on you know sitting in the dugout because you never see him move around, interact with the players. You know, he's just got tunnel vision on just watching the field, which is not a terrible thing, but you got to, you know, especially when you have players that hit into it like a real, like a tough out, you know, like a line drive that got snagged on a good defensive play, you know, reassure them what they're, you know, of what they're doing. Boone just doesn't move. And that's the problem also. You know, you're seeing Cole and Garner and, and now Odor, they're interacting with, with, with their own teammates more than the managers interacting with them. And that's a problem. It's, it makes you, you could, you could be right. The thing is, I, I'm not in the dugout, so obviously I don't see and I don't know. But you're right. It's like, it seems like whenever the camera's on him, he's not talking to, to people. I, I, I've been of the, the mind thought that like um, the managers don't do anything anymore. And that's exactly what they signed up for, for the most part. So like, I, I don't particularly like grilling Aaron Boone because like, no, this is the job he signed up for. This The Yankees were going to hire someone who's going to do the exact same thing that Boone does, which is sit at the table, just nod his head and say, yes, we're turning a corner, we're turning a corner, blah, 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 and just blow smoke up a people's ass. Well, why, that, why does it work with Kevin Cash then? I don't know. Or <laughs> Rocco Baldelli, because I think those two are the most brilliant managers for new school managers in the game right now, and they deserve a lot of credit, which they get. And Boone's not going to reach that level doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't know why. I don't know what the independent variable is there. Is it, is it that he's too nice and he's not a dick? Does, does he yeah. need to be a little bit of a dick, do you think? Well, yes. he is too nice. He is too we nice. We coddle the shit out of these players, and we need to be more aggressive in their approach. You know, I maybe the Joe Girardi approach on Sanchez didn't work, but neither is the Aaron Boone approach. We need a balance, and we don't have it right now. I want. Has anyone thought to wonder what is he grilling them, or is he doing all these things that we want him to do when we're just not looking, and he's really good at pitting on a face in front of the camera? I don't know the answer to that. That's just food for thought. You see the attitude. Also, the IQ. Sorry, Taz, you speak. I was say we made that. I made that point the other day. You know, we don't know what goes on in the locker room. You know, we go and see what what goes on in front of the camera, and it's not impressive. It's not motivating. Um, so we could only go by the information that we do know. And it's not, you know, Boone is not looking good at all this year. Mm -hmm. Donald, what you want? The whole team's not looking good at all. The whole team's not looking good. Like our heads on fire. I mean, these are kind of things that a manager or a coaching staff should actually be able to, to, to work on. I mean, you know, we've constantly been run off the basis, which is bizarre. Why has this not even been addressed? It should have been addressed in day one because uh, Sanchez made two uh, earlier, and now you made another one the other day. I mean, 
and then of course there was Talkman at the very first, you know, very start of the season. And it just goes on and on. Brett Gardner now, who you know you'd normally trust, the the way that we're on the bases, the way that uh, our situational hitting, the, the, the lack of energy, um, I, I honestly I honestly put on the manager, and the lack of adjustments. Yeah, well, can we talk about base running for like half a second? Yeah, go ahead. Do you do you remember? I want to say it was game two or three when we were in Tampa. Judge was on third. Someone I can't remember who hits a ground ball to third baseman, and Judge just puts his head down and takes off towards the plate. Yeah. Is is there? I was talking to someone. I don't think it was anyone else in here. I was talking about it, but we were on Twitter. It's like, is there a stat or a number that's just saying whenever the ball is in play and you're on third base, just put your head down and run it and hope for the best? Well, Talkman did the same thing, if you remember. He basically yeah. stole second and third and then did the same fucking thing. Yeah. So, like, are they just telling them on contact you're going home because chances are to take the out of first? What you should be doing is you have to be able to judge where the ball is going. If it's going to the middle infield, you go because that's the longer throw. They're probably going to take it. Go to the corners. That's when you're screwed. They're not even looking and putting their head yep. up to see if it's going to the middle infield. They're just being like, oh, this might as well happen. And here's the thing. It's not like it's Juan Pierre who, who you, you could probably get away with that. <laughs> Or, or, or someone like really tiny and someone really quick. Um, it's it's Aaron Judge is not a fast dude. <laughs> like like what, why who on earth is like oh yeah you try to take home in this throw that's like forty feet. Yeah, right. And all he had to do is look over his shoulder and he could have seen that it wasn't even close and he shouldn't have run. I mean that takes yeah. half a second to do and they didn't yeah. do it. Talkman did the same damn thing. Yeah, like the fundamentals in this team is disastrous, dreadful. Yep. The only one that I like, kind of gave the I, I gave a pass to was, was on the base running gaps was Gardner because he's probably made that mental mistake not a handful of times throughout his entire career, you know. But everybody else, I think, is just lack of focus. You know, they're just not paying. To, you know, they're hearing the sound of the ball on the bat, and they're just running. And you, you got to like like Scott said, you got to watch where the ball. You know, you got to look at where the where the play is going to be made. Right, and it almost feels as if they get desperate to get those little runs because they know they rely on the home run so much. So they try to, you know, squeeze as many of those, you know, contact hit runs as they can get, and they make mistakes because, like Scooter said, they're not even looking over their shoulder when it takes half a second to do it. They're not even looking. They're just running. Yeah. Rob, what uh, you want to throw your two cents in here? You guys pretty much said it all. We're not, you know, we're not doing anything right. Everything is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, everything's not working, you know. And I, I want to I say that uh, I'm in no way okay with losing. I can handle a loss, but when you're looking as flat as we are, there's definitely a reason to be concerned. I don't think the season's over. I'm not saying that we're not going to make it. We're, we're going to start winning games. We know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. However, we're allowed to be a little upset right now, even though we're still very early in a long season. We're allowed to be upset because a team that has championship expectations is coming out looking like garbage. Yeah. And it has to change. A lot of things have to change and has to go right. It's just a matter of everything clicking at once right now. And that's very tough to do in this sport. It's not like one thing. If we were struggling with one thing, you'd be like, okay, once the, once the rotation gets going, we're going to start winning more games. But right now, it's we need to get length from the rotation. We need to start hitting in big situational uh, opportunities. We need to start running the base as well. 
We need to start playing defense. That's a lot of things to do at the same time. And hopefully it, it starts to click very soon because we could start to see us fall further and further down the standings by the time April ends. And Rob, do you know why it's all right for us to be concerned? Because Hal Steinbrenner is concerned. He's already concerned. That says it all. If the, you know, uh, if Hal Steinbrenner is, you know, fairly chilled out, is already concerned and already pressing Cashman, try and make some adjustments because uh, he wasn't happy with the way that the team was looking coming out of spring training, it says it all. And that's why we've had so much movement in the last week or so, um, which is unusual for the Yankees. It's certainly unusual for Cashman because Cashman likes to write things out because he sees, you know, the bigger picture and stuff. But he knows, well, the Yankees organization knows that there are problems. And they're trying well, to – The distance from the starters is going to start to become an issue. I know that Kluber and Teon haven't pitched in a while and they need to get back into a rhythm. But if they're still pitching like this come July and August, we're fucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Earlier than that, man. I don't even think we can make it to No, I'm just being nice. I'm saying if it's that deep, we're really fucked. But you need them to really be in a rhythm by, like, June, the latest, to be honest. Right before the deadline, you want them to be good. This is a concern, man. And yeah, what, what's look, weird is, 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 like I said, it's like this is essentially the same team as last year and the, and the year before. It's like, why is this all going wrong now? Like it's the same team. They haven't had a lot of these problems before. Like we usually, like okay, we have trouble situationally, but usually there's there's some sort of compensation for it. Like there's a couple long balls to compensate for it. We're not even doing that. Like they, it's like it's nothing. There's just nothing here. They're not even showing up. And and, and I don't, I really don't understand it. And talk about like how this is the first time I've ever heard of him giving a crap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> like baseball. That's what he makes it more alarming. Exactly. Do, you ever, do you ever get the vibe that like he because I know he said like it before in interviews he's like hey I'm not a baseball guy to which I almost like heard a record scratch in real life I'm like wait you're telling me the son of George Steinbrenner is not a baseball guy <laughs> but like it, you get the vibe that he's just kind of holding on to it because like it, it's it's his father's it's like I have to take That's care of this for my dad like. I don't want to take care of it for me I want to take care of it for him you, you know what I mean and, like that's the reason why he's holding on to it I, I don't have any major issues with Hal Steinbrenner. No. The, the reason is, you know, um, we should be able to win with a $200 million payroll. He isn't wrong about that, especially considering Tampa beat the crap out of us, continue to beat the crap out of us with a quarter of our payroll. So we're more than capable of finding a team that's winning, capable of winning a World Series with $200 million payroll. He's right about that. And he's also also paid a record amount for Garrett Cole. So he's kind of done his job, but no, he's not as involved as George Steinbrenner. And yes, he wants to trust Brian Cashman more because he's the baseball guy. He trusts his baseball trust, his baseball brain trust. Um, he should be more involved, and I, I'd like him to be a bit more accountable. And I think he's afraid of stepping on Brian Cashman because Brian Cashman has so much power in the organization now. But he shouldn't be afraid to... Um, stand up now because something isn't right. There's there's some issues here. If Brian Cashman is completely devoted to Aaron Boone, but Hal kind of sees that things aren't working, then he should have the power to say no. We need to move on in that direction. You know that's something that uh, something that uh, George would do. And um, but yes, I don't have any major issues because I also quite like that he's always accountable. At the end of the season, he does do the radio show. You know, not, not a lot of owners do that. Not a lot of owners go on the Michael K show or whatever show 
and and uh, and do a talk about the season before. Even though we, he, he says exactly the same shit as what Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone says, at least he's accountable. But he's also financially responsible, which should be considered a good thing because you don't want to get over that cap. Because if you do, it means you might not get certain players in the future that you wanted. So it would be dumb to do that. Um, if we were playing really well right now, meaning DJ was playing fantastic, Kluber was playing fantastic, and Taeyeon was playing fantastic, then I don't think we'd hear any issues. We'd be hearing that we won the offseason and that that was the biggest deal ever because of how much money we saved on those three moves. Yeah, once it starts to click, I, I think everybody's going to, you know, put their happy faces on and everything's going to be feel right in the world. It's just, it, it's and like we've said, it, it, it's not that they're losing games. Teams, you know, nobody goes undefeated in baseball. It's how they're losing. And it's the all, it's all the different ways they're losing. It's not like, it's like Rob said, it's not like there's one aspect that is just hasn't clicked yet. Nothing is clicking except for the bullpen. And, and it's who we're losing to that I think is important. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. If this, if these past series was against, I don't know, I'm just throwing names out, the, the White Sox, the Angels, and like the Rangers or something like that. People like outside our divisions, like, oh, holy smokes, that was a weird start to the season. But we know these teams are good, so so w- w- whatever. Uh, and then we see in the standings, everyone else who we're competing against is pretty much around the same record. Um Rays, Blue Jays, Yankees were kind of pretty much around the same record. So if we were playing people out of our division, we'd be like, oh, weird start. I'm sure we'll be fine once we start getting into the mix. No, we're, we're losing to the people who we are supposed to beat to get into the playoffs. And that's a problem. And my biggest fear is that first it was, remember, it was, oh, it's just the first game of the season. Well, now we're at, it's just the second week of the season. Soon that's going to turn into, it's just the first month, which turns into, it's just the first half. And then all of a sudden you're in September. It's like, well, how the heck did we get here? And then it's like, well, you kept saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. It's fine right now. And my biggest fear is when it does click is that um, we're going to be so far behind playing catch up where, where it's just not going to matter that that that's my biggest, fear. especially that we're playing Toronto so many times early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. This is your chance to like, my high school coach told me this is the best baseball advice I ever got. It was, uh, and you guys see, I allude to this all the time on Twitter, pick up your pennies. Cause one day you'll need a dollar. We are dropping a lot of pennies right now. <laughs> Devin, you have a comment? Nope. You're muted. All right. So, <laughs> sorry, someone's calling me. All right. What do they? What do you think? You're special today. You're getting all these phone calls. Yeah, my mom, even though she oh, knows okay. it every day at ten o'clock for the past six months. That's awesome. <laughs> My parents never listen. I swear to God. I, I told her that. Don't ever call me at 10 a.m., Ma. <laughs> Can I intervene about this clicking? Uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to say click because there's so many issues regarding our inflexibility. You know, or there's not a lot of changes that we could actually make at the moment because um, Torres is really our only shortstop. There's not really a backup to him unless Rochelle moves over from third over short. Um, we don't have any backup to the hot, hot corner. Jay Bruce is a complete disaster. Um, so one look, Voight injury has caused a lot of mayhem in the infield. Um, and even when Voight comes back, it doesn't really address the fact that this is a terrible defensive team, uh, largely. As you can see, the, the defense has, has been largely atrocious. And um, there's uh, 
you know, defense is such a vital part to any championship team. And I don't see where defense is going to massively improve. Um, there's that issue. I also feel that it's kind of a cynically constructed and flexible order where it's all righty dominated. And um, at first, Quint, um, Aaron Boone was like, oh, it's okay. All our guys can, can hit lefties and righties. But now he's actually trying to platoon Clint Frazier, which was a complete, which was a total lie on Clint Frazier because he promised Clint Frazier he'd be the starting fielder. Now he's doing some sort of platoon in order to um, add more lefties. So that is another issue. There's, there's, it's, it's kind of an inflexible team. There's a lack of depth. I think that's a huge issue, though, Donald. Don't you think that's that's like the biggest issue we could possibly have is now they're not even trusting their own players and they're not even giving them the right information. Forget us. I don't care. I'm a fan. I can fucking figure it out. I can go Google shit. I can watch it and figure out what they're talking about. But to tell a player that he's going to be the starting left fielder and then to take it away from him eight games into the season is fucked up. It's a lie. He just lied to him. And that's what I was saying is, you, you know, he promised that when Frazier would be the starting left fielder. And now Aaron Boone keeps using this kind of, oh, we want to try and add a bit more lefty-righty balance. Well, that was never an issue prior to the season. So what, what's happened here? Are you lying to Clint Frazier? And why would Clint Frazier ever trust you again? Oh, it's, 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 <clears throat> it's absolutely true. And we talked about it all offseason, you know, how we needed another lefty in there. You know, we all – Jesus Christ, sorry. We all wanted Brantley, right? Someone did bring up to me yesterday, I can't remember who it was, that maybe Clint is injured or something, and they're kind of hiding that from us. Why would they hide that? I don't know. Well, we, we know they would fabricate, you know. Yeah, you know what? That, 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 wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, he probably, mm-hmm. stubbed, you know, they stubbed their toe and they put on his, you know, the six-month eye out. You know, they're out for 60 games. But, I mean, how many times did they lie to us about Jacoby Ellsbury and his career? <laughs> you almost forget he was a Yankee because <laughs> you've never seen him. <laughs> no, we're still cursing him back, I swear. I don't think it's injury. I'm telling you, I think it's just mistreatment of him because yeah. the, we've never trusted him since, uh, since day one. We're always trying to find an excuse to either send him down or bench him. Which is interesting, right? Because they traded for him. They picked him in that Andrew Miller trade, you know, because they had like a choice, I think, between Frazier and Zimmer of what outfielder they wanted from Cleveland. And they don't trust the guy that they picked. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's so weird to me when, you know, if that was the case and why even make the trade, was Sheffield that much of a, of a get for you that it didn't matter what outfielder you got? And, yeah, if that's and further the case, to your point, man, they didn't yeah. trust the guy that they promised to give the left fielder job to. <laughs> they actually exactly. told him prior to the season that we trust you, you're going to be a left fielder. But as soon as they re-signed Brett Gardner, you knew fine that Brett Gardner was going to be the preferred choice. There was they never going to be any... They don't trust anyone, though, because look, look at what they did to Greg Bird. They didn't trust him to come back from an injury. They forced him to come back early, and then they gave the job to Voight because Voight was playing better. They did the same thing to Debbie Garcia last uh, postseason. They did the same thing to Clint. I mean, it's like, Jesus, guys. Yeah, that is a great point. And the, the, the players that, they're right, you know, that they were writing it out with, how long did it take for, for them to realize that Wade was 
a, a non-factor to anything in, you know, on the major league roster. They optioned him back down. So they're putting faith too long in the wrong people and not giving enough faith to the right, you know, to the people that can elevate them to a different game. What does it say about Mike Ford, the fact that they haven't brought him in to replace Jay Bruce yet? I actually, I'd welcome Ford at this point. I think a lot of us would. (laughs) (laughs) I I cannot believe Jay Bruce is just like, he doesn't, he can't do anything. No, nothing. You you would think, like, wasn't this dude like an all-star at one point? Yeah, yeah. But he went back to like Cincinnati, which I get that's a long time ago, but like you'd still think he'd be able to retain some sort of skill and information. I was talking to someone about like uh, first base and like about how you can't, the worst thing you could do on that little uh, scoop thing is to back up from the ball. He's done that multiple times. Yeah. And so someone I was talking to, like, oh, you, people think playing first base is uh, is easy. It's actually really hard. I'm like, uh, I learned it in like a week in high school that went on to play in college. Believe me, first base isn't that hard. But you would think someone with like his athletic ability who's been around a long time could just easily make these adjustments. It's not a lot of adjustments that you have to make. It's just what direction you're stepping in. That's it. He, he makes dumb plays, too. If you remember the other game, there was a time where he was making a stretch when the guy was going to be safe anyway and lost the ball, and it went behind him yeah. to into the bleachers. It's like all he had to do was step off the base. He would have uh-huh. caught the ball and cost the guy from going to second base, and he didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. You're right, Evan. Uh, what I learned in day one of first base training was – um, you can't be tied to the bag at all times, 100% of the time. And that's what Jay Bruce is. He's tied to the bag. He's afraid to have his foot leave the bag at any point in order to, to make sure the ball doesn't go behind him. And he plants his feet early. So what happens is when the throw is off, he can't adjust. That's why uh, that the, uh, the throw from Glaber uh, against the Orioles. Here's the thing. That, that's not a great throw, but it's a scoopable throw. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a catchable throw, but it's not a great throw. And I have to give him that, which makes me wonder if Glaber uh, didn't have a four-seam grip on the ball because the ball goes up like this. Now, because of that, he stretched so early that as the ball starts tailing, he can't move his feet because his feet were stuck. He can't adjust to that. That's why, if you notice, when he's doing that, his upper body's falling over while his feet are stuck. He planted way too early. And that's a common theme with all this stuff is he's not – you have to wait longer before you can stretch because you have to read where the ball's going before you know what direction to go. And you can't just assume that every throw is going to be um, right, right to you. But again, it's like you would think like, I understand that dude's not a natural first base, but like these aren't difficult things to like adjust to, especially if you're playing at a high level. That he hasn't figured out yet. Never mind, you know, the, uh, you know, the stretching and, the, you know, what, when to take your foot off the bag. You know, the, the tweaking of it, it's the basics. You can't do anything at first base. At this I mean, point, I'd rather have Andrew Giambi look like a gold glover at this point. Yeah. Who brought up yeah. Andrew Lundy? I, I, ra- I know he's hurt, and they're hoping he's back by the end of April. But at this point, I'd rather have Andujar at first. Because it's not like we're losing much defensively. Because I was I was happy with Jay Bruce when we got on. That's a cheap move that can pay off. And it hasn't. You know, at this point, if we had Andujar healthy, I think we'd probably see him over there at first base. I mean, maybe I he hate all these up. experiments with players in depth, though. Didn't you see that they were trying to use Aaron Hicks at second base the other exactly. day? Like, just fucking stop, guys. Just get people that can play the fucking position. Yeah. <laughs> and Gary Sanchez was, was trying out at first. He had Aaron Hicks trying out at second. Doesn't that show that there's an issue in the roster? <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, we have so much outfield depth and we have really neglected the infield because we were so tied to Tyler Wade. And the only other guy behind him was really Estrada who they just got rid of and Duhar, who they seemingly given up on because they don't have a position for him. And unfortunately he hasn't really learned third base. They've tried him out in the outfield and they put him at first for a couple of times, but we haven't seen Dietrich. I mean, where's Dietrich been? I would rather, you know, I would, there's so many other options, even if they just tried guys at first base, that I think they can do better than Jay Bruce's right now. Because yeah. Bruce isn't Why offering us anything. First? Why not? Why exactly. not? If you're this concerned about all the other things that you're making all these movements and slight adjustments, then go ahead and bring in a player who, who we haven't seen yet, who you know has the power and can probably figure out first. He's good at 30, at, figure out first. At the very least, if you bring up Dietrich, you can put Odor at second or something. And you can have DJ play first. Yep. Until Voight's back. And then you go back. When Voight's back, you go back to the infield the way you had designed it when the season was starting and everyone was healthy. Yeah. And that's really what – I don't know why they're doing it. The whole lefty, you know, like Donald has brought up, they said they don't really care about the lefty-righty matchup because they have so much depth. The righties can hit lefties. Well, now we're seeing Bruce in the lineup almost every day. And he isn't hitting. And we know he has that lefty pop, especially in Yankee Stadium, that can go a long way, but it's not clicking right now. So you got to go with something different, especially when you're struggling. Try to get the ball rolling here. There's another boom quote. <laughs> it, made, it made you wonder, like, what, what was the point of Odor? Like, isn't that what Dietrich was for? Was for that very thing that we got Odor for? It was yep. the money. It was, it was clearly the money because he's costing nothing against the luxury tax. Yeah. Literally zero dollars towards the payroll. That's why they did it. It was, it was just, it's just, it just, I remember like we got him. No, but I get, I get your point. What's the point of having Diedrich just sit in the minors when he was supposed yeah. to be that aggressive spark plug yeah. uh, with an attitude that Odor is? And I think Odor has been good for us, but I'd like to see, you know, Diedrich up here and get rid of Bruce. I don't see any reason not to do that at this point. Everyone's disappointed with Bruce, including Hal Steinbrenner. I mean, they've said it. Why is he here then if they're disappointed about it? Why did they play yesterday? They, they brought in Odor as a replacement for Jay Bruce. Odor plays second, Mayhew plays first. That was their idea. Why, why is Boone still forcing this Jay Bruce nonsense? I, that's the puzzling part also. Yeah. Because it's not like it's, if, he was, if he was still producing with the bat, it'd be what, Bruce has offered nothing to the game. He's not hitting. He's not catching. He's... It's he's just a, a, a guy just standing around. Early on, he was drawing a few walks here and there. He had like his first like twelve at bats. He had a really decent on base, but now that's completely dropped off. He isn't doing anything right. No, he and, now, when you can make Sanchez look like a phenomenal hitter, yeah, you know, <laughs> because he's flailing at pitches that Sanchez was, used to do all the time. Where you're starting to see Sanchez now has really been a lot more patient at the plate. You know, um, you know, he's he's working counts. You know, he still has a couple of of of, of, of ABs where it's like, all right, same old Sanchez. Mm. But you, you're starting to see that progression to where he uh, things are starting to click for him. You know, so once the team gets hot, I think Sanchez is going to be one of those players that carries into that. But um, Bruce is just—they got to get rid of this guy. He's really—he's not helping at all. He's yeah. not helping. You know who I'm very, very disappointed in this year is Aaron Judge. I am very disappointed in him. He, he's no. doing, he's like non-existent. 
Really? I put it. Bat, I don't think he's really there. Like he 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 gets up. He gets a double play. He's strikeout. Like I'm not seeing. Are you talking the about judge, judge? What's that? Judge or Hicks? Judge. Like, I, I was expecting, I was frankly expecting so much more out of him. Like, like I, I get he had two home runs the, the other day. It just seems like every, maybe it's just every time that I look, the dude hits, <laughs> it's a ground ball. It, it's it's like, it, it, he, he ins- it, it, I, okay, I have to turn on Stanton for a second. Stanton's my freaking boy. The dude hits like 120 miles an hour. For God's sakes, guys, can you freaking get the ball in the air a little bit? It, it's like they get up. It's like I, I have no confidence that these two are going to produce in ways that I – am used to seeing them produce, which is weird for me to say, but it's just like, they're both driving me nuts. Like I, I do not feel the comfort level that I used to feel a few years ago when Aaron judge gets up, like Aaron judge gets up and I, there's like a comfort around that. I do not feel that comfort um, anymore, or at least that confidence. Maybe I'm the only one in the group who just, oh, feels I haven't way. felt that for a while. I like judge a lot, but I've brought up numerous times that I think we need to trade him. You can't move Stanton's contract. And Judge and Stanton are basically the same player. If you can move Judge and get a balanced team here, I think you need to do it. And I brought up trying to trade for Whit Merrifield, Hunter Dozer. You're probably not going to be able to do that. Maybe they want Judge. Who knows? But I think he has enough value where you can move him somewhere and get a balanced team. We moved on from Adovito. And look, he made our bullpen more balanced. Yeah, now there's one thing that we've been very um... – consistent on, on on this show is we're not we're not afraid to criticize players depending uh, regardless of their status of you know the fan base you know if they're playing like crap we're going to call them out on it and at, at the same time it doesn't mean that we, we don't you know want them to do well it, but Tess, if you could get a Mookie Betts level value in return for Judge wouldn't you do it it might even good. be higher because I think the Red Sox screwed up on the right. That they Absolutely, back. I don't. There's, there's really. If the if the trade is right, you can't be. You can't please the fans. It's about the organization. Right, he's two years away from that contract at 31, and that scares the shit out of me. I do not want to give him anything more than a three or four year deal, and I don't want it to be max money. I think that's very, very risky. Oh, you're right about that, man. I mean, we have to wait and see how this season goes on. If he continues to miss 47% of his games, which he has on average, then we can't offer him a long-term deal. Or, or we should look at even, even trading him. However, he was, he's actually been our probably technically our best hitter so far. If you look at the numbers, he's actually he's, his yeah, numbers are. But that's not saying much. much. But that's not saying much. To be honest, everyone's blowing. I'm just saying, it's just he's not off to a great start in terms of injury because he already had this whole okie doke of, oh, is he injured? Is he not? No one knows. They're they're treating him with kid gloves. Um, that can't that's not sustainable. Um, but Judge is such an important part of our lineup. Like he is so important to our lineup. If he's not producing, why, even if Judge had a little stomach cramp from you know from lunch, I'd rather them sit him with that cramp than than play him through it because he's so injury prone, which is the other reason why I'm very hesitant. I'm starting with Evan where it's, it's really hard to swallow that they're going to get, you know, lock him up long-term because he's, it's, and it's not more so much the production on the field as the injuries. You know, it's, he's not playing, you know, he's not in enough games to really get a rhythm because he's always hurt. 
you know, but when he is in the lineup, he does, you know, he is, you know, a, a contributing. I think we can all agree that if this continues, and just this is all, this is the whole team. Um, if this continues, this whole inflexibility and the whole runner up thing, then serious changes need to be looked at, and we need to look at ways in which yeah. we can find ways in which we're less home run dependent because we're 0-4 at the moment in games that we don't hit home runs. That is not sustainable. So um, we need to look at different ways. Even if we have to get rid of beloved players to add a little bit more flexibility to the roster, then that's something that we will have to discover. But it's not, none of that's going to happen either. You know, but it is something that we have to be open to. Right. And my biggest thing with it is I've said it a lot is we don't need nine guys to be swinging for the fences and everyone can agree with that. We have guys in this lineup right now that can be those base hit guys. LeMahieu, Glaber is one of those guys that has to be a doubles hitter. Yeah. If Glaber was doing what Andujar did in 2018, Glaber is one of the best players in, in our, on our team right now because we don't need him to hit 25, 30 home runs. We want to hire on base, get on base, hit those doubles where guys like Judge and Stanton and Voigt and, and Sanchez, those are your power guys. If you have four guys that are like the pure power hitters and five other guys that are base hit type of guys, it doesn't matter about lefty righty at yeah. that point because you've got guys that are going to get base hits. Frazier can be that guy because of his bat speed. He can be a home runner, can be a line drive, whatever it may be. But it's just – We've seen this for so long where they're swinging for the home run every single time, it seems. They're not trying to get the ball. A line drive can do a whole lot more than we're seeing the ground ball double plays. I mean, they're hitting it in play, like Scott mentioned earlier, but it's on the ground. It's a weak tapper, you know, two outs. And like Evan said, I'd rather strike out than hit into a double play. At least you have another chance after that. I mean, even think about, you know, all the double plays that, you know, all the RBIs that LeMahieu has missed out on with the double plays. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's we're so not used to seeing that from him. Like Evan said yesterday, you know, we're so used to him putting up the elite numbers. Now that he's had now that he's having average numbers, we, we can't handle it. They're not even average, they're normal. He's still batting yeah. close to three hundred. It's yeah, just he's hitting into double plays. Yeah. I don't care how many double plays he runs into. He's the only guy in the roster I trust. Every single bat, I actually I have a trust yeah. thing he's going to come through. If he doesn't, I'm actually surprised. So that's I agree good. that he can get at least a single every at bat. Yes, he can. Mm-hmm. Without a question. It's the one guy I actually trust. Here's the other thing when you look at like these, these ground balls. It's, we're not even making a defensive move. We're hitting it directly to people. Are we? We all know that everyone has like these freaking Yu-Gi-Oh cards in their back pocket that tell them where to stand and everything. It's like, are, are we just so predictable to 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 <laughs> opponents that that we're able to place that the defense is able to place exactly where we're going to hit it on exact certain pages because we're that predictable? Because like we don't make our defense their the other team's defense move. It's always straight to someone. Well, that's how we lost against Tampa last year because we were that predictable. We, the fans, knew what we were going to do a week or two ahead of time, and we're talking about it on Twitter. You don't think Kevin Cash knew our plan A, B, C, and D? Of course he did. Correct. But that just goes all back down to situational hitting. None of our guys can 
that can hit against the ship. None at all. Nobody. They always hit right into the ship. Every one of them. All right, can I? I'm going to make a quick shift away from the Yankees for a moment. Unintended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're right, Ev. But do anybody watch uh, college the no hit uh, perfect game almost perfect game last night? I saw the last at bat. How about yeah. the, how, you know, you, you, there were two no hitters in one week. How yeah. rare, and I think that's so rare. Just even these days, and not so much to, for the perfect game or, or the no hitter because uh, of the hit by pitch. Uh, that they actually were going deep into the game. I think that was more surprising than the no hitter. Yeah, that's a good point. The managers are so quick to pull the hook on their guys because they have a lot of pitches thrown. But we've well, seen that's it twice why we're already. never going to have one because Boone's never going to trust our guys to go past seven. Even Cole's not going to go past seven usually. Now, when you look at Cole's three, and, and this segues back to, to the Yankees, is Cole's three starts, he's had 97 pitches, 97 pitches, and 98 pitches. And so if you talk about predictability – Clemens used to do as long as he fucking felt like, sometimes like 125 pitches. It's the guy, uh, Rendon, who got the no-hitter last night, it was between 111 and 116 pitches, I believe. I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure that's the range. And he was Flipper still throwing. 75 yesterday. Flipper through 75 through four. I mean. Yeah, they're always on a pitch count. Every fucking game's a pitch count. As soon as they get to 75 to 90, oh, we've got to take them out, guys. Yeah, sure. Did you guys listen to Michael Kay and Don LaGreca in the afternoon? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, I, think, I think it was uh, last week Michael goes, here's the, you're babying all these pitchers, but, like, it's not working. <laughs> no. Everyone's still getting injured. Like, it's not working. I remember, like, like last year, Kevin Euclid, of all people, was having a Twitter argument with our favorite Trevor Bauer. And um, basically what Euclid's point was, he said – you, why are you guys parading that like every, all the pitching stuff? This is the best and safest and best way to do. It. He said, "You're all you're all getting injured." And Kevin Euclid was saying, kind of like as, as like the the in the, the third eye or like yeah. the independent person. He's like, "You're all getting injured, so you're clearly you're doing something wrong." And the Trevor Bowers, I was like, "Oh well, we're doing everything right. There's nothing wrong with what we're doing." Blah blah. And Kevin Euclid, I had to agree with the guy. And great, he admits he knows nothing about pitching. He's just saying, "You're all still getting injured frequently." And it's yeah. hard. And you're all getting surgery. Well, clearly, yeah. you're doing something. Something has to be changed somewhere. And he admits uh, he doesn't know what that change is. I don't know what that change is either. But everyone's still getting hurt. Everyone's still getting injured. So your strategy is not working to- towards what you're expecting it to do. Well, I think these pitches are too focused on velocity rather than, you know, finessing command, you know, and, and command, command of the ball. Well, it goes on both sides. It's turned into a power game on both sides. You hit home runs and you got to throw 100. We want to see that every game. That's not normal. Most people can't do that. It's like, yeah, so the guy can hit 103 on the gun, but he can't find the catches, man. You know, but let's let's keep him because, you know, the sabermetrics love velocity. You know, and velocity. Like, you, you don't. Sorry to keep cutting you off, but you don't think Chapman is a more complete pitcher now that he's throwing the splitter a lot better and has slower velocity on the 101 yeah, he's, he's basketball? He's, he's much better to me. I oh, yeah. think he's looked better this year than he has since we've gotten him. 
Yes, I agree with that too. Yeah, and you see, you know, he still has that little wildness on the fastball, but you're seeing now those secondary pitches of his, he's got a lot more control over. Oh, right. 2016 and- Chapman was like pretty much automatic. Yeah. That's true. But it's also the same with Tyon because they say that his fastball velocity is down quite a bit, but his spin rate is so high up that it's almost impossible to hit his uh, his rising fastball. Yeah. No, I, I, I like Tyon. I still think Tyon's going to be a fine addition just to get back to our rotation. I like, I like Tyon. I still think he's a smart trade. My concern is Brian Cashman going with two guys that are coming off Tommy John surgery. They're all working themselves back in the fitness right into the season. The Yankees can't afford to tax this bullpen six innings every single time that they're, they're starting. And I don't know how that's going to get fixed. And that puts more pressure on Cole because now when Cole pitches, yeah. he has to go deep in the games no matter what because that's the only break the bullpen's going to get. So that puts even more pressure on it. Granted, I'm glad that we have Cole who can handle that pressure and is consistently doing that so far, but eventually Cole's going to have a bad day. Yeah. yeah. You can get well, away with the shit in April. You can in, in September, August, it's not going to happen. But even when Severino gets back as he's going to be our, you know, our, our, our knight in shining army to come and save the rotation that's he's a bad thing too. as well. So he's going to take, he's going to need a lot of time. That's my biggest fear that they try to rush him back out of necessity. Yeah. Which is at the state we're at now. I, you know, it it sucks because the offense has been so non-existent, you know, for the most part. Because with Tyone, Montgomery, um, Kluber, I was kind of giving them five or six starts until they really found their, their regular season rhythm because of the, you know, because of the injuries. That they weren't, you know, like I said, um, you know, once the warmer weather hits, they might, you know, they're going to, you know, they'll probably get that extra inning or that extra 20 pitches to throw. And it's just not working. You know, the, the pitching I'm not too concerned about because we have so much bullpen depth. We have enough arms to shuffle up and down to keep the bullpen fresh. So, but eventually that's going to exhaust itself as well. And the lack of Ourselves. The lack of trust is is alarming. I mean, look, look at what they did to Herman. Herman, all spring trading, they're praising how good he is. Oh, he's going to be such a good starter. Then they name him third. He has two bad starts. They send him down and say, if he comes back up, he's going to be fifth. You can't keep doing that to all your players. Well, what about Davey Garcia? He actually pitched well last year. He was one of the very few guys that actually ate innings right. last year. I brought and him up he was semi-reliable, and what did he get for that? He got he got sent down to the alternate site. Yeah, <laughs> he, he and the biggest insult is he got whatever the hell they pulled to him in the in the. Uh, oh, in the one that's a bigger insult. That's a far bigger insult. Yeah, that's exactly. It's unbelievable how they've treated Devin Garcia. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about that game too so much during the off season. <laughs> Oh, it was a dreadful game, and you knew they were going to do that shit. We knew they were going to razzle-dazzle bullshit. Look at us. We're making a special play. It was fucking retarded. Kevin Cash knew that move was coming before Boone did. <laughs> Kevin Cash smiled when he saw that move and said, awesome, we're going to fuck up J.A. Happ now. Thank you. 
Uh, and then Kevin Cash turned around and did it to fucking Blake Snell in the World Series. <laughs> so he learned nothing from it. <laughs> but like, here's my question. It's like, what's what's a solution right now? There's none. That's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah, that, that's the, there's nothing they can do right now. It, it, it's just to write it out. To, for, actually, there is one thing they have to do, and it's going back to getting rid of Bruce. No, they need to fire Boone and trade everyone, and sell the team. But like, you're spot on. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's actually so little that we can actually do. There's so much, like defense um, in the middle of the infield is dodgy. You know, there's all these issues, but there's so little that we can actually do because there's no depth in certain areas, uh, and our pitching rotation is solely reliant on Garrett Cole to, to pitch seven innings every single um, game, and then you're hoping on hope that the other guys are going to eat some semblance of innings. It's I do, I do have a, a solution, a part solution to to shortstop, and it's not difficult. All it requires is a phone call. Have Glaber Torres go out to lunch with Alex Rodriguez or something like that. Because if you remember, Dede Gregorius, when he first got here, was like, fine. And then he credited Alex Rodriguez for a lot of the help that uh, he got him in order to fix his shortstop. So I'm wondering, will that will, can Glaber benefit from, from, from that? Because it's interesting he, you brought up integrity. Good idea. It's interesting you brought up Dede. If there's anybody that we miss, it's actually Dede. Yes. It's Dede. added a lefty bat. Yeah. That can make contact. He was a great team house team, uh, teammate, great clubhouse guy. He hit in the clutch, and he was a phenomenal defensive shortstop. Yeah. I mean, if there is anything that we actually yeah. miss, it's D.D. Gregorius. I trade. Yeah, I remember. I mean, yeah, sorry, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say right, right, right before we traded Didi, I, I put a video. I think it might still be on YouTube. I might take it off. Where, where I said, uh, it was like ten reasons why we. It wasn't really ten. It was like a couple reasons why we needed to keep Didi and not get rid of him. And then like, oh, and I got, I got trashed on Twitter. It was great. They're like, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're saying. Glaber's gonna be the best. Whatever. I'm like, he hasn't shown me at least at the time that he's gonna be very good at this. And then even to this day, a lot of the things that I said w- were a concern to me turn out to be right. Specifically yeah, yeah. to to the point where I said he his arm is the problem because he there is I wonder if he something is slow I don't know if the transfer is slow I don't know if his arm velocity is slow something is slow so he tries to compensate that by cutting corners on his mechanics and when he cuts the corners that's when stupid mistakes happen and bad throws right. there, there tends to be corner so he makes the transfer it's it's a, the whole motion slow. Rob, there, there, there was a video where it was just out of spring training and and um it was um someone had the camera and they were looking towards shortstop and then it was um Glaber taking ground balls and they might have like shown in slow motion. It was like it was like midway through spring training. So I, I'm watching it and what he's doing is he's he's crossing his feet and he's his feet are together when he's feeling the ground ball at least in this particular one. He's feet are together, and he's kind of one-handing it and coming back up. Lindor did a similar video about a week or two later where he is coming out, he's stepping out with his left foot, and he's catching, he's, he's receiving the ground ball with his feet apart, and he's doing the alligator. Yep. He got, he's doing the alligator, his feet are far apart, and it, it's so much smoother. He has much more control of not just the ball, he has more control over his body weight. 
Yep. And, and Glaber, it just everything does. It just looks so off balance the way mm-hmm. he's coming at the field, the ground ball. It's a miracle this guy doesn't trip and fall over every single time. Now, Grant, he doesn't do that every single time. Um, but the fact that th- that's the video that they chose to put out to say, here's how the, how good this guy's doing. I think that was telling to me because I'm like, there's a couple things off about this. And he does that, and he has this like almost sideways arm angle that sends the baseball into whatever kind of tailspin it goes into. That's why I like him so much better at second base because I feel like he's more comfortable at second base because he has time to complete and make the play because he's closer. And I think he has some sort of panic because something is slow that because now he has to make a longer throw and he knows something is slow, he panics. And I think that's part of what what happened that that play in Baltimore. It was a complete panic. Oh, crap, I got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Rob, I but want to say to that we, Hold we, on, Evan. We, Rob's been trying to make a comment. That's why you're calling there, Rob. Because that is exactly what Scooter just said about Twitter. They were so willing to let Didi go. We, you got, you gave us some great years, but we don't need you anymore because we have Glaber Torres. And now, how many people are saying we miss Didi? Oh, we could really use Didi right now. Well, you get what you deserve because you wanted him gone. So badly, so Glaber can move the shortstop where everyone said he was better. And right now it's showing that he probably isn't, but there is still plenty of time for him to work on it. However, also what you just said, Scooter, he is definitely rushing stuff. It's something in his head that's like, I got to make this play. I have to make this play. It's exactly what I said about that short hop throw to Bruce that he didn't scoop up. It looked like he was rushing. He's rushing something over there at shortstop. And it goes back to, a quote from the Sandlot, you just got to stop thinking and just play. It's such a simple thing sometimes where you just get your brain out of it and just know I got to make the play, do what I've been told, do what I've been doing my entire life from Little League till now. And it can go such a long way if you're not in your head all the time saying, I have to do this, I have to do this. I got to make the perfect throw, the arm angle, all that. Just get the ball and throw it. It can, it's so much simpler. It, sa- it sounds incredibly easy. It's probably not as easy to do it in game, but it's just, that's my thought on Torres. He just seems to be rushing. He's gotten a little bit better the last few games. He's looked a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more smoother. It's still a major work in progress. I think he will get there, but going back to Didi, it's all I kept seeing. I said, I want Didi back, whether it's as a platoon player or what we need him. We need to keep Didi. And because they were going after Cole, it pretty much guaranteed that we weren't going to bring him back because that's the only move they made that offseason was Cole. And we wanted Cole. So that was the trade-off. People wanted Torres at short. They got him. And now you're complaining about it. I mean, this is what you asked for. Yeah, and, and now, now we have to basically deal. Sorry to cut you off, but we have to deal with Uber at second, which could have been avoided if Didi was here. It basically shifts how good our infield defense is. You rather have Oder at second, you rather have Torres at second with DD at short. That's an easy answer. Exactly. So what would that mean for LeMahieu if we did that though? Does Le- it, do we... that's, that's the issue. Is that he probably wouldn't have gotten that contract extension. Yeah. And we'd all be uh, unhappy about that because one person has to go and no one's gonna give up on, on Torres. So I guess you give up on either Voigt or DJ. I'd actually be down for maybe trading Torres. Not this year. Not this year. But when you talk about you for Castillo, that's about it. Yeah. yeah Castillo's the well, only. Listen, if you trade Torres for a, for a quality number two starter, like Castillo should be a number one in most teams, 
Oh, you have to control it. Imagine McClure with, with Molly. That chance, though. It's going to cost more back. now. That what? It's going to cost more now because now they know how desperate we would be to get rid of Torres for Castile. They're going to want more. Yeah. Um, I actually, I do want to bring up uh, Evan's question of the day. And this one is uh, relatable for today, today only. And I want to know, what was your favorite birthday? Oh, my favorite birthday ever. This I don't know. Not I don't really good, remember my birthday. <laughs> Probably 21 when I got drunk with all my friends. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not really a birthday person. Like, eh. well, there is one thing that should always happen on your birthday, and that's every team playing on Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, that I, Yankees are real, I, I want to give you the floor because this has been a very uh, strong point of yours that you um, about Jackie Robinson Day and how all the teams should play. So, Evan, let everybody know how you feel. I mean, we're in 2021 and we're still dealing with issues in this country amongst race and and police brutality and other issues. And Jackie Robinson was one of the first guys, not just for this sport, but in the country who bridged a lot of those gaps. And we don't talk about it enough. You know, we, we bring up Martin Luther King all the time and he's an amazing person. He was what he did. I think Jackie Robinson did similar things in different ways for not only this sport, but humanity itself in this country and what he did for Brooklyn. So it bothers me that I get to share my birthday with someone that impactful that a lot of people don't even know about. I literally had a guy make fun of Jackie Robinson the other day said, Oh, you you weren't even around for him. Why do you care? Why do you care that it's your birthday? Why do you think I care? Because it's a big deal. I'm sharing a, a, a holiday with someone who broke gaps. Not only, you know, he broke gaps because no one wanted him to play because of the color of his skin. That's the dumbest thing in the world. And yet he got on that field with people cursing at him, calling him the N-word, death threats, all this shit. He kept cool enough deal with the rage that he probably had because let me tell you if someone you know started shit with me like that i would lose my cool and probably be banned from the league in the first to back so yeah i think jack robinson day is really important i think it's unfair that we celebrate um you know mother's day and father's day and all this other stuff but we can't get jackie robinson day correct every team must be playing today every team must acknowledge this and i don't think it's fair that they're gonna have all the players on the yankees wear 42 tomorrow no one's gonna care tomorrow tomorrow's not jackie robinson day today is god that's a big l on the yeah Exactly, Scott. That's a big. Don't forget about the yeah. impact of breaking the color barrier in sport. That's what he did. Huh. He, he broke the color barrier in sport, and then everyone of different sports will all recognize the fact that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in sport. Yeah, it, every sport. I mean, it impacted yeah, entertainment industry in America alone. I mean, it's he did so much. And not only that, it's how good he was. You know, like you, you, he came into a league, like you said, Evan, and they did not want him no matter what they, you don't belong here is what they kept saying because of the color of his skin. This man went up there, said basically in his head, just said, I don't hear you, even though he can clearly hear it. And his own went up teammates. There and, yeah. His own teammates. 
and he just went out there and played, and he was better than a vast majority of the players in the league at that time, and he just kept doing it year after year after year. And, yeah, every team should be playing today. You know, and because the ball's on Branch Ricky to take that fucking gamble. You know, he could have lost his entire organization. but And he goes, well, I don't care. I'm doing this. You know, yeah. you're not going to persuade me. I'm making this move. If you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to manage the team because he's on here, I'll find somebody else. If you don't want to sit in the dugout with him, I'll send you somewhere else. I'm making this happen. And he handpicked Jackie saying, you can handle this. You know, and gave Jackie all the faith in the world that he can, you know, push this, you know, push this barrier. And the fact that MLB, especially in, in you know, the way society is today with the last couple of years, with all the tension, this is a chance for MLB to do the right thing and highlight what this guy did and more than just putting 42 on everybody's Jersey today, you know, it, it should be a day where the, the sport is celebrated for what it, what it accomplished rather right. than, and you know what? than, than, than rather than giving people an off day. Tats, it's not just that they have the number on the back of the Jersey. It should literally say Robinson on the back of the Jersey. I don't care yeah. how you feel about names on the back of the Jersey. Look, that one I would be, I did. I, I'm with you on that one. Like there's kids who don't even know who the hell Jackie Robinson is. That's an issue to me. Yeah. What well, well, I think you guys would appreciate is uh, for MLB the show they do have the Jackie Robinson edition. That's uh, I, 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 just, next I pre-ordered that one. Yeah, I, did, I didn't pre-order the Jackie Robinson. I think I got like they didn't announce it like immediately. Am I right? I, I think don't so. think I, I just know I saw it on the on the, the store and I was like I'm getting that one because well first of all you get to play it early on Jackie Robinson day and uh, he's on the cover. I'd rather, you know, it, it's small things like that, you know, little small things like that. I appreciate what the, the past of the sport and how much he meant to it, you know, and the fact that we don't have every team playing today, put them, put his name on the jerseys. I do not care if a Yankee no. jersey has a name on it. And I think people need to stop worrying about that, especially if it means putting Jackie Robinson's name on the jersey, you do it. It's if it's Jackie day. Robinson's name on it, then I'm fine with the name on. But like yeah. on, a, on a normal day, I don't like the name of the jersey. But like for Jackie <laughs> Robinson, yeah, I obviously be okay with that. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was I was just trying to get my final point in there because we know how important he is to the sport, and a lot of people don't. And MLB is kind of dropping the ball there, and not you know having every single team play this way. Every no matter what team you're a fan of, you're watching the game, and you're going to try to learn whatever you can. You're going to keep hearing who's this Jackie Robinson guy. Now I'm going to go look him up. That's what a lot of people are going to do, especially with the power of the internet these days. I don't know who this person is. A simple Google search can tell me everything I need to know pretty much about that player. Yeah. But how many times do we hear that there's not enough African-Americans in the game playing nowadays? Well, guess what? This is a way to kind of open the doors for that, to show the youth, this guy saved baseball. This is why we love him. There's Babe yeah. Ruth and there's Jackie Robinson. Those are the two heroes of baseball in my mind. It's a shame they only they only do it in one month. They only do it in February, and that's during spring training when no one's really watching. You know, why are they not giving us more information about the likes of Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and so on and so forth? You know, there's so many players that they could be telling us about, we could be learning about if we don't know. And 
Mm-hmm. MLB has such such a marketing issue, and that is a major marketing issue that they 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 could capitalize on so much. It could bring well, and they a whole be doing new it with 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 everyone because they have a large Latino population in Major League Baseball too, and they don't even market those guys. They question them anytime they have flair, do a bat flip. Yeah, like the MLB has a problem just showing us who anyone is in general. <laughs> we know who Mike Trout is. He's a born fish. Yep. How can the MLB promote the sport that, that is clear the commissioner despises the sport? He's actually trying to make changes all the time because he's using the minor league system as a guinea pig situation. Oh, okay. just the double hook DH. Let's move the rubber back a few feet. Move the rubber back. It's literally a foot. They're literally going to move it back a whole foot. What are we doing? Think about the starting pitching, where they where they mess around with the DH, the starting pitching to try and promote starting pitchers being used, or you take the DH out. These kind of crazy things. Uh, I mean, we're getting off topic, but uh, that is something that I, you know, when I heard about this kind of craziness yesterday, I just felt I felt sick. I mean, these are people's careers that they're messing around with. You know, mm-hmm. these are people that are trying to make it into the bigs, and they're they're being used as guinea pigs, and I, and I have a big issue with that. But but back to um, Jackie Robinson, far more important. Jackie Robinson was so dignified, and he went out there and he he earned the respect throughout the league. Even the most hardened, disgusting racists were had to earn had to had to see his had to see how fantastic he was, incredible he was. And there, there was grudging respect there, and and you're right about Branch Rickey. I mean, a lot of it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story. It is an amazing story, and um, he's a he's a heroic figure in American history, not just sports, but history in general. Yeah. No, you know, it's, it's you know, we, we talk we talk all the time about the impact of that Martin, you know, Martin Luther King had on civil rights, and it could be it could be a fair statement that Jackie Robinson had as much, if not more impact on the way that um, the, the black and white, blacks and whites interacted, you know, Martin, you know, Martin Luther King. Yeah. He might've have gotten a, a lot of the governments to change their, their viewpoints, but Jackie Robinson brought them even closer together, you know, and, those two have to, you know, when you're talking about civil rights, especially through the 60s, and you know, both of them had equal impact on where we are in society right now. They did, but you could probably argue that Jackie Robinson had a bigger platform to do it. You know, he was seen almost every night for 50,000 people. Yep. Um, you know, the, the impact for both, though, is tremendous. They both changed the way uh, the, the, the movement was. I, it's it's inspire it's inspiring the way that he uh, just mo- you know moved a whole generation into changing them changing their mindset. You know, you just saw by the end of the series, how, you know, everybody was cheering for him. You know, nobody, yeah, it might be one or two that were being assholes in the crowd for the most part. He made a play, everybody cheered him on. You know. Do we have trivia today? Yes, we do. We actually the have two. Jackie Robinson. I win. No. Let me get my co-host for this. We have two questions today because uh, missed yesterday. 
We already so, know Scooter's gonna win this shit. So you <laughs> me? Yeah, you get to you get to answer last because you're gonna win. <laughs> we'll see. We need to get a right. The first question was actually yesterday, so is it about April on April fourteenth, nineteen sixty eight? What what Hall of Fame manager made his playing debut for the New York Yankees? Uh, go first. You want to go first? Is it Billy Martin? No. Evan, birthday boy. I don't fucking know. Nineteen sixty-eight. He's a hall of. He's a hall of fame manager. Now he didn't manage the Yankees, but he made his playing debut for the Yankees. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, that that that, that changes. (laughs) That changes things. You still thinking there, Evan? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll pass it to Scooter or Donald. That's fine. I think I, I think I. Is he already in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I said Hall of Fame manager. Okay. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> Tats, God damn it, Tats. <laughs> God damn it, Tats. <laughs> manager. Would, would we know that this is a player? Like, is he equally known for his playing ability as well as his managing ability? Or is he a manager who just happened to have been in the majors at one point? Yeah, that part. No, the latter, what you said That's there. What I thought. He's, okay. he's known a lot more for his manager, managerial uh, accolades. Okay. Can you name a specific team that he managed? No. <laughs> 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 <Get away. laughs> Oh, one of you two. Ask Scooter first. Why does everyone assume that I know? It's just because I do the trivia show. Uh, Hall of Fame manager. He's. You can't give us what year he was in the Hall of Fame, right? No, that that'd be a dead giveaway, right? Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. All right, Hall of Fame manager. The problem is my my baseball trip is so limited to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, Donald, you gotta go, buddy. <laughs> I'm lateraling the ball without, to you without a bigger clue. I'm a little bit stumped. I've got an idea, but I'm stumped. So, give me is, well, okay, is what, what are you thinking? There, what are you thinking? Just throw out a name because I'm so lost right now trying to think of managers who, who probably managed between 70 and 90. Exactly. It, I'm just trying to think of like all of the managers. I'm trying to think. Okay, so if he played, if he played in '68, right? Then he probably, I assume, his career lasted through the '70s, which means he probably didn't become a manager until like the '80s. So it's got to be someone. Lupinel. I was, I was gonna say Lupinel, but he managed. That's what he I was managed the Yankees for like a year, right? He managed mm-hmm. the Yankees for a little while, right? What about Bobby Cox? Did he ever was Bobby Cox? That, that that's it. That's right. <laughs> oh, fuck! That was my other choice. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! I can't believe it. It's Bobby Cox. And he actually pinch hit in that game for Gene Michael. No, I've been information for you. Am I, am, 
in my, in my head, I'm like, oh, so Bobby Costa. I'm like, nah, there's no way that dude. Ever- yeah, he was my first choice. I don't know why. I, I didn't even think he was a fucking player. I didn't either. That's, that's why I couldn't think that's who it was. But yeah. All shit. right. What and do you now play, this- catcher? Okay, okay let me see. Know. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good All one. Right. And this one is about Jackie Robinson. It's, a, it's what year did Jackie win both the NL MVP and make his first All-Star game? 53. Just say 52. No. Was it 55? Mm-mm. You guys are off on this. It's, it's way off. Before. 40s? Oh, wow. Oh. 48. No. <laughs> For, oh, 42. No. Oh, I thought that, Donald. Was, <laughs> I thought that would have been clever. I like how you did that, though. <laughs> if it's not, it was in the 40s. Okay, so give me the timeline again. You only have two options. <laughs> <laughs> it's what year did Jackie Robinson win both the NL MVP and make his first All-Star game? Okay. Or win the NL MVP and make his first All-Star game. 43. Nope. Answer is 1949. Evan was, I was about so to say 49. Close. I knew it. But I had no more guesses. Evan was so close. I had 55 in my head because of the World Series. Yeah, he was he was that he was amazing that year. It was actually the start of like a six straight All Star appearances for him in '49. Oh, solid, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up today's episode. <laughs> I think we've been here for like two, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta go get my birthday breakfast. Hurry yeah, up, Evan. Enjoy the rest of your birthday. And um, Scott, thanks for coming on with us today. It was fun. Uh, uh, oh, always a pleasure to be to be in the presence of you fine gentlemen. Really is it really is a treat for me. I really enjoy uh, hanging with you guys and talking with you guys. You guys are fantastic, really. You're a good guest. We like having you on. Thanks, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Thank you. I appreciate that. When you sent me that message yesterday. It was almost like it was just meant to. I'm like, you know what? This would be great. Yeah, I, I was, I was uh, at the time the Yankees lost yesterday, so I was able. I, I'm coaching a high school team this spring. So then I was able to watch it, watch the game from uh, the first inning to like the fourth inning. Then we got to the field and then um, I was kind of just keeping up on my phone. And then I think I stopped watching like right when we got the 4-2 lead. We got 4-3 lead, right? Yeah. So we were up 4-3. I'm like, cool, I can put this away. I can focus on what's going on. I kept checking my phone between innings, checking my phone, checking my phone. So then the, the, the Blue Jays went up winning. So I went to my batter uh, in between innings. I said, hey, I'm just letting you know. The Yankees fucking lost. I swear to God, I fucking hate these pieces of shit. So I want to beat the living crap out of this team right now so I can go home and I can, like, scream and have a temper tantrum in my backyard or something. (laughs) I was like that as a coach, too. All right. Well, on behalf of all of us at Yankees.com, hope everybody has a good day. Be smart, be safe, and go Yankees. Um.